This episode is brought to you by Task Husky. Task Husky eliminates the headache of going through unreliable developers to make small tweaks and fixes to your website. So if you need some small tweaks to your logo, fonts, pixels, or other tracking codes related to kind of the coding-based things of an e-commerce store, uh, check out TaskHusky.com. They support all e-commerce stores such as Shopify, BigCommerce, and WordPress, and it starts at $69. So it's a good way to find a cost-friendly solution to developers instead of going Upwork and going through all these developers that could or could not be uh, reliable. So check them out, taskhusky.com, and uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. Let's get started. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here, Travis Marziani. Travis, what's going on, buddy? A lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on. So I'll start with the most obvious one, Be Dancewear. It's been going really good. I I've been I did a little bit of work on Be Dancewear, but for the most part, I've been kind of letting it run itself. And today, I actually woke up to three thousand dollars plus in sales, and it's up to about seven thousand dollars right now. So that's really exciting. Um, Labor Day weekend was pretty bad. It was like four or five hundred dollars a day. I'm happy now to see that. All right the company's still alive and kicking when we have three days in a row where it's only at $500 we're like oh crap like this is not good yeah is that your only sales channel now like on your own website or have you been doing on Amazon did you get off I remember you said Amazon didn't work out that well we probably do about $5,000 a month on Amazon currently I'm looking to increase that I think without almost any effort I could get that up to $10,000 so we are doing some FBA stuff and I'm, you know, I'm figuring out which items work on FBA and which don't. Some that I thought would work don't actually work, and some that I thought wouldn't work are actually doing quite well. I don't like Amazon as a platform for all our non-FBA items, just because the return rate's so high. So if someone, for instance, orders a blue pair of extra large booty shorts, it's like we may never sell those again. But when we send in certain items for FBA, and they do sell well. Uh, that's that's easy money, you know. Because someone tries it on, and returns it. It's just it's kind of dumb for you guys to like restock it or you know wash it or whatever you do for a return too. Yeah, and it it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm missing something here, but it seems like there hasn't been a ton of returns through the FBA system. It seems like they're more likely to return it when they buy it from us. And maybe it's because there's a lead time. So when they buy it from us, it actually takes two weeks to get to them. And they're like, no, I was expecting this in two days. So they just return it. But um, And so I remember you said summer is kind of your down, slowing down season. Like is things picking up now towards the end of the year? Things are way picking up. Actually, I, I don't think I shared this, but last month was a record month for us, which is really exciting because October shouldn't be a record month. Uh, really realistically, January should be our peak month, which means that come January, we should have an even bigger peak. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that turns out. November right now is on track to be a, a record month again. And part of that also, it does help because last year we were probably doing about a thousand a month on Amazon. This year we're doing, like I said, closer to 5,000. Very minimal effort that I've spent there. I know a lot of people, their entire life is Amazon and they're probably listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, oh man, if I only I if only I could take over his Amazon account, I could do so much more. And I do I, th- I think that that's something that that is low hanging fruit. That's something that early next year maybe I'll look at. But right now, we're getting enough sales, we're profitable, and things are growing at a steady rate. That I'm not I'm focusing on my other projects a lot more now. And so I guess first update for me, uh, I've been still working on the YouTube stuff to drive traffic for the blanket store. But man, YouTube's such a long slog. Like I realized. Like the first six months, I'm probably not going to get much is what I realized, if not the first year. But I think you crossed a thousand subscribers recently too, right? We had a chat about this uh, kind of to be like a quote legit channel. So 
I'm just trying to get there with like three videos per week. I'm at like 26 subscribers now. So, I mean, every one's kind of cool, but it's just like, it's just such a long slog compared to like, say, like doing this podcast. Like it reminds me of like the first three months when I started this podcast. Oh my God, I had like, you know, 50 downloads today. I was like, whoa, like where are all these people? So it just kind of brings back memories. Yeah, no, uh, the effect of e-commerce YouTube channel is killing it now. Um, it's funny because it was it took forever to get those first thousand. And I think since the last time we talked, I've gotten another 250 people. So like within a few few more weeks, I'm going to be at 2000. So to go from zero to a thousand took forever. And now and part of that's because I have better systems in place. And there, there's a few things that I realized. Uh, actually, so I'll share with you and the audience. One of the things that I realized, I have three videos, talk about the 80-20 principle, but it's like even more extreme. I have three videos that make up like more views than all 80 other videos that I have combined. And I looked at those three videos and one was, two of them were on Facebook ads and one of them is on how to start your online store. So for all three of those, I took keywords that I know people are looking for. That was the first thing. Second thing is I emailed out people and I said, hey, check out this video. So it got like a big bump right off the bat. Um, so maybe that's something to consider. Yeah, what I'm going to continue to doing with the YouTube channel is making content, making a few videos every week, but like once a month have one pillar video that I put a lot of effort into. I email people out because uh, I'm starting to build a decent email list with the through effective e-commerce YouTube channel because they they have the info card. I think it's probably easier to collect emails from a YouTube channel than it is from a podcast because it's like right there, you know. Alrighty, so next update. I uh, heard you met Tim Ferriss this past weekend. You were on one of his TV show recordings. So what's the deal with this? Yeah, so I, I met Tim Ferriss, which is uh, kind of my hero. It was kind of cool. Um, really interesting. I'll, I'll just tell the whole story for some context. So basically, I found out from a friend that he is recording a TV show here. And you know, I, it, basically what it is, is like it's a TV version of his podcast. It's like a three hour long conversation. And it was probably about a 40 minute drive from here, Manhattan Beach. I'm in Santa Monica. Uh, so it was some traffic, about 40 minutes. And it was really interesting because do you have to get tickets on this thing? And they're free tickets. Um, it's called One Iota. And it's basically a, a site to get tickets to TV shows. And so I got a ticket for, I tried to get a ticket. There's three nights. There's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I tried to get a ticket for all of them just to see which ones I would get. I, I was able to get a ticket for Wednesday and then my friends were able to get tickets for Tuesdays and Thursday. And the funny thing is when I finally got down there, I'm, I'm waiting in line and it turns out like at first I'm the only one that's there that actually had a ticket. Everyone else was there trying to get paid to be an extra on the show. Um, that's stupid. Ah, uh, yeah, it's LA. Yeah, it's, exactly. I know that. Exactly. Yeah. And so there ended up being probably like six or seven people that got the quote unquote free ticket and everyone else got paid to be there. So it made me think like, how come my friends weren't able to get a ticket? It was, it was really, and I asked some of the staff and they're like, really? Like that's surprising because they, they thought the same thing. It's like, oh wow, you know. So the part that was even more surprising to me is this kind of event, if, if they were, if Tim Ferriss were to promote it and sell it, he could probably sell it for a few hundred bucks, yeah. Yeah, and the, I ended up getting a free ticket. I'm like one of only a few people. Uh, so I, I, I would I would have bet that the production company ran that aspect and not Tim is my guess because Tim could have just been, sent a tweet and then there'd be like a thousand people show up. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I think that's exactly what happened. They just wanted people to be there. 
And most of the people in the audience had no idea who he was. And of course, I'm sitting here like fanboying out. And I'm just like, oh my God. And it was funny because I'm sitting there before the filming. And one of the people next to me who doesn't really know who this guy is, like kind of vaguely knows of him, looks over and he's like, oh, isn't that Tim Ferriss? And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. So before the filming, he's walking around talking to everybody. Or not, not talking to everybody, but talking to like, a lot of the crowd. He ends up coming over. Um, you know, we, we exchange a few sentences back and forth. I basically just thank him for everything that he's done. But it's kind of weird because I'm sitting down facing the stage and he's like on a runway type thing behind me. So he's kind of elevated and it's, you know, so like I'm not going to turn around and tell him my whole life story and how much he means to me. I'm just like, yeah, man, like, I don't want I don't want to be that creepy of a fanboy. I'm just like, dude, thanks for everything you do. I really appreciate it. Whatever. A few sentences. Um, and then the rest of the time, yeah, then they end up doing the filming and he's, he interviewed this lady, I forget her name. It was like Yal something. She has a brand called Reformation. One of the big ones was, I'm, I'm really curious how edited the podcast is because the interaction to de definitely didn't go as smooth as a lot, like most of his podcasts go though, even his podcasts, like there's mistakes in there. Like I, I hear people like cough and I hear like stuff that I'm like, that should be edited out. So I, I'm really curious, like how edited is the podcast? Do they know yeah. when it's going to air yet? Did they tell you or you just have no idea as the audience? Uh, it's like a year away or so. it's like a long time away. Um, if it even airs, right? Like his other show didn't air and he had to buy the rights to it and then right. sell it online in his own. So I'm sure he learned his lesson from that though. All right. So let's get into today's episode then. We've kind of been on a quick update. So I guess today's uh, topic is kind of your idea, right? So what is it? It's called when to take a break. Yeah. So I'll do a little monologue explaining. This was actually a question I was going to ask to Tim. It's kind of funny because the way the filming took place was there was an hour and a half of conversation, a little break. And then like there was a Q and a, and then another hour and a half. And I thought the Q and a was going to be like, I got to ask a question, like, like raise your hand if you want to ask a question. And I'm thinking I'm for sure going to be able to ask a question because nobody here cares who he is. Um, but turns out it was like you had to write down your question. So the question that I had to him, and this was like the little speech that I prepared, was basically in like this this modern entrepreneurial society, the grind, working your butt off is always uh, kind of like seen as the right way to do things. Like everybody always talks about, oh, I worked so hard to get here. I, you know, I'm I'm stuck, but I just kept grinding away and I found the solution. But my question was going to be, and my question now is going to be to you, and I guess this is what we'll talk about is, how do you know when to take a break? How do you know when to take a vacation? Because I know for me personally, every time I go on a vacation, I go away for a few days or just take a break from work, I come back super recharged. And you can think about this like the summer break. Like I remember everyone like in school, you can't wait for summer break. You can't wait. But I, like two weeks into summer break, you're like, I'm bored. Like I want something to do. So my question, I guess, is how do you know when to keep pushing through the pain like Napoleon Hill and that how to think and grow rich talks about a lot of people's biggest success comes right before they were ready to quit. But on the same time, some of my biggest success comes right after I've taken a vacation, you know. So uh, how, how are you taking breaks right now? I decided uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. My original plan was to go two months of like so I, five days a week right? And then take weekends off and then take like, do like two months and then take like a full month off. But I'm about one month into that and I'm kind of burning out. And I think what a lot of people listening to this maybe don't realize about me, and this is probably true for a lot of entrepreneurs, I work, when I'm, when I'm working, I'm 
giving it everything I have. Like when I see other, like a lot of people, like normal corporate world people working, they're kind of half on, half off. They're like screwing around on Facebook. They're doing a bunch of stuff. When I'm working, I set a timer and it's just like my entire life is that work. So what I'm thinking currently, and this is, I'm just, I'm still in testing phase. Like I said, is maybe a month and then take a week or two and then another month and take a week or two. Because the truth is, I'm at, I'm lucky. I'm at a good place now where I don't need to work to make I, I, my basic bills and all that kind of stuff. My basic living is taken care of with B dancewear. Like I don't need to grind just to make a paycheck. Uh, my answer is I'm still figuring that out. Well, cause me too. Cause I don't really have a right answer. And, and also like, I think our answers won't work for someone just cause everyone works differently. But I think um, just like on a nutshell for me, like every 90 days I have to do a visa run here in Vietnam. So I kind of use that as like a weekend or a week getaway to change cities and like change the pace. I feel like the best way to like recharge is to go somewhere different. Cause like if you're at home, you're in the same routine, it gets like a rut. Whereas like if you just go somewhere for like a few days, it could just kind of give you like a fresh energy going to a different city or even on a flight too, just go somewhere uh, in, my, in my thoughts. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was actually thinking, I, and I agree with you, but I was thinking of doing something almost exactly the opposite of that. And by that, I mean, I'm going to take, um, basically up until Thanksgiving, I decided to just take, a, take those days off. And what I'm thinking is Monday, Tuesday of next week, just doing the sightseeing, like hop on, hop off bus tour. And I've been waiting to do that. I, I, I don't really have anyone to do it with. I'm going to try to scramble and find someone to go with. But even if I can't find someone, it's like I'm, I can find people on the tour itself. So what I'm, my idea is to basically do like a quote unquote staycation where I just kind of see the city, kind of um, get more respect for my surroundings and uh, see some of the cultural things that I've been putting off. Yeah, you know. Gotcha. All right, so let's go into like weekly schedules then because I guess on a high level, you can break off a vacation either on a yearly or monthly basis. So what do you do on a weekly basis or a daily basis? Yeah, so that's something I'm working on. I, I One of the big things I will say is I need to start getting up earlier. And it's hard for me because you know Fridays and Saturday nights, most of the things going on that are fun are later at night. So, you know, I'm, I don't want to go to, I don't want to wake up at six in the morning during the week and then be going to bed at four in the morning at Friday and Saturday. Not that I go to bed that late, but it happens. Um, so I will say that my goal, uh, once I'm done, quote unquote, recharging a little bit here is to start waking up around seven ish that way. Cause I have like a whole morning routine that way I, I'm starting work around nine, but Usually I, I work for a few hours. I go and either play basketball or do jujitsu like midway through the day and then I work for a few more hours. And then I have um, Mondays and Wednesdays. I do jujitsu at night. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I just recently started this. So we'll see. I might change it. I either do yoga or I do. I've been doing salsa dancing actually. It's almost like speed dating, but like without any of the weird stigma because guys are in a circle on the outside, girls are on a circle on the inside, and then so you, you, you dance for a little bit, the girls rotate or the guys rotate, dance for a little bit, and, you know, rotate around. And it was, it's really cool. I think that uh, it's a great way to meet someone, I think, from my limited experience. So Yeah, so do you only work in the mornings, basically, or nothing in the evenings? Uh, mornings and afternoons. But not not really in the evenings. Yeah, because for me, I like to split my work into two sessions just because I feel like if I work for like six hours straight, 
like my brain will explode so what i do is usually i wake up at like six or seven ish uh and then i'll work for like an hour or two or and then like around eight eight thirty i go on like the dog walk i either go swimming downstairs or i'll do like a home workout and then i'll come back do some more work have some lunch and then usually the afternoons i keep it off limits um just because some of the nature of the work with the marketing consulting it's u.s time dependent right so during the afternoon like i can't really do anything if there's like communications because everyone in the u.s is sleeping so basically i work like in the mornings and then kind of a little bit in the evenings to split it up see i guess for me no one's free to it doesn't make sense for me to goof around during the day too much other than like the basketball jujitsu because no one is down to do anything and it's like you know i don't i don't really want to just watch youtube videos by myself like i, I want to if i had a friends that were down to do stuff maybe but i mean what i do is like one on sundays i'll do nothing whereas like you know i'll maybe i'll check my email but i won't reply to it until like monday because what happens is that in the u.s time we're ahead right so i can afford a day of not doing anything on a sunday when it's saturday for uh, the u.s and usually no one's working too so saturday's a do stuff day for me but like a fun stuff sunday's a little bit more chill but I'll, I'll be honest like the last few sundays have been boring because no one really has there's like nothing to really do and i don't like just sitting around my house chilling because like i sit around my house all the time you know like i mean I, I sit around my house working usually but so like so it's hard to kind of disconnect and be like and every once in a while it's fun to do but it's like I'm I'm in my house all the time. Like on on weekends I want to get out, but I don't want to I don't want to be by myself just like wa- wandering around the city, you know. Yeah. I kind of like walking like I like walking around by myself if I have like a podcast I just walk around and do that, but like yeah, I don't want to like sit at home by myself and just goof around. That's kind of Yeah. Weird. Yeah, sometimes I like the walking around with the podcast by myself, but LA is also a pretty big city. Yeah, you can't so, really walk around. I mean Santa Monica you kind of can do that, but LA there's areas and maybe LA. i should but like where i'm in santa monica it's a bit of a walk before i'd get any anywhere maybe i could ride my actually that's a great idea like i'm figuring stuff out right here maybe i could ride my bike yeah ride my bike and then go to a more densely packed area yeah. i could do that all right then so i guess uh that's it i mean we don't really have a good answer for when to take a break but i think just as a listener uh kind of be aware of you know, what works for you, what doesn't. And I guess also if you're like burning out on stuff like you hate doing, like, you know, if you don't enjoy your work, maybe it's time to, you know, think about why you're working on that stuff too. So that's, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I don't, I, I think when you start to burn out, when you really are feeling it, it's like, take a step back. Cause I don't hate what I'm doing. I enjoy it, but it's just like, um, burning out, you know, and that, that happens to me every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, because I feel like you always get get to this burnout stage every couple of months, right? I feel like it happens all the past two years. You always kind of get into this cycle. I also, I mean, I definitely, I burn the candle pretty bright when I'm working though. So I don't know. All right then. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Catch you guys in two weeks. Uh, Have a nice Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. And uh, if you're not in the U.S., uh, hopefully you can get some turkey too. (laughs) Catch you guys later.